Hello everyone, this is Dr. Zom, and um, I just decided I was going to jump on the old computer after I just took Mary for a walk and maybe get on a little Facebook and see what's going on on here and uh, just give you an overview of what I've been doing lately. Um, again, as usual, just impromptu, nothing planned or anything which makes for a babbling mess of poop so let's see what we got going on cheer um i have been uh let's see let's check out silver and gold this group called silver and gold uh was thinking about um uh quadrophenia today uh and um i see this blu-ray i think this blu-ray that i posted is um, the um, what you call it? It's European or whatever. The the um, um, you don't you can't play it on an American um, uh, player region. Jesus Christ, I couldn't even remember the word region for some reason. Um, but anyway, um, I really like this movie. I believe that Morris and I um, reviewed this possibly a long, long time ago. And, um, geez whiz, I can't even remember. I mean, some of, I was looking the other day at some of these horror hound uh, get-togethers and things like that. I mean, they were over like 10, 12 years ago, you know, now. And that's what, um, I mean, it's not what brought us all together, but, uh, of course, you know, the internet, Facebook, and uh, Gentleman's Guide, and several other podcasts that we used to, you know, listen to collectively. I'm going to sneeze, so I'm going to hit the sneeze button. <coughs> it's not working. Or maybe it is working. That was a good sneeze. This um, is one of my favorite albums of all time, too. Uh, the soundtrack. I love The Who. Um, in... I would say junior high and high school, they were my favorite band. And so I, I really love all their music. Still do. Um, let's see. I'd ha I don't have this movie on any physical media or any download or anything. That's one reason I was looking at it, just to uh, maybe pick it up here. Of course, first, when I... You know, I'm looking at any kind of movie nowadays, I go on Google and just put it in and a lot of times they'll have a thing that says, you know, where can you watch this? And of course, you know, uh, me being the frugal gentleman, the, the frugal uh, uh, pensioner that I am now, um, I look for anything that's free. And uh, I didn't see um, this particular movie. I didn't look really close. Uh, a lot of times YouTube, somebody will put something like this up on YouTube in good quality but they'll disguise it in a way that no one will find it by putting just you know like quadrophini on it there was a movie i was looking at the other day and i can't remember what it was um and i think maybe it was the dennis hopper uh henry hathaway movie um hell for texas or something like that and um <clears throat> i was on a dennis hopper quest he was one of my favorites uh still is for a long long time especially back in the uh my younger days when i i think i first read a i mean i saw him in john wayne movies as the weakling son of the bad man you know in um 
like uh, Sons of Katie Elder. And um, also he was in the original True Grit with John Wayne. But back then I didn't really, I don't think when I was a little kid I knew I even knew who he was. I was familiar to an extent with um, Easy Rider, but it was before I had actually seen Easy Rider. But I knew, you know, the, the chopper, uh, the Captain America and Peter Fonda and all that. Uh, and then I can't remember who it was. One of my friends had a, or maybe I bought a magazine. I don't know if it was a GQ magazine or something. That'd be the only reason I would buy GQ. I mean, I guess they did have good articles because they had a good article in there this time. It had Dennis Hopper on the front cover. Um, you know, and I think he was probably in his, Oh gosh, maybe 50. He might have been like 50 years old at the time and he was making like his comeback, but they had him in full motorcycle racing leathers and sitting on a uh, a uh, like a sport motorcycle sport bike or a racing bike. And so I got that and I read about him and uh, you know, this is before the internet of course and uh you know, now it's easy to find just about anything. I could probably find that actual article. Um but so I read about him, and then um, <clears throat> before uh, VHS really started clicking and we started getting lots of VHS stores, I would try and watch anything that he was in on TV, including the old westerns and um, like the movie Giant with uh, Rock Hudson and Elizabeth Taylor and uh, James Dean, um, Rebel Without a Cause. And then on um, uh, Channel 10 out of Columbus, they would have movies every night. And um, I would I, I remember watching Kid Blue on there. And um, what was the other one? I'm trying to think. I can't think. There was another one that was uh, maybe it was out of the blue with um, uh, that he actually took up the directing um, uh, job on that and uh, it's a good pretty good movie but they would show some movies that were kind of out of uh, you know the mainstream late at night um, but anyway um, I could not find um, Quadrophenia on there but the Dennis Hopper movie when I found it the Henry Hathaway movie uh, Western um, it showed up on YouTube under something like um uh, Italian Western, and that was it. I mean, because I think they put stuff like that on there so that uh, they it won't get taken down for copyright, which is cool. I like to give, you know, money to uh, the uh, performers and studios and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, if I can get something cheap and watch it, I don't care. Uh, let's see what we have here. Mr. Terry Frost uh, posted a... Why movie reference books are as important as movies. And um, I haven't watched this yet, but I have a ton of movie reference books. Um, I used to, there used to be a bookstore called Book Country in Bridgeville, Pennsylvania, which was, it's close to Pittsburgh. But I would say if it takes me an hour and a half to get to Pittsburgh, I could get to that place in maybe like a uh, an hour and 10 minutes. 
uh, hour and 15 minutes or something like that. And I used to go there all the time. Well, it was a discount bookstore um, where they would have all the overstock from, um, you know, all the different bookstores in the area. And probably, I don't know if it was from all over the country. I'm sure, you know, they were, that, that type of store is probably all over the country. But any books that were overstocked that they couldn't sell, they would have their dirt cheap. I mean, it would be like a $20, $30 hardback book and you could get it for like $1.99 or sometimes, you know, even cheaper. And I would buy up a lot of these reference books about, um, um, Italian and European cinema, westerns, uh, like a, a, a book about all of Charles Bronson's movies, Henry Fonda, Robert Redford, um, Sean Connery. I'm just going off the top of my head of looking in my in my my brain at uh, some of the ones that I bought. Kirk Douglas um, and um, gangster movies, uh, silent films. Uh, Boris Karloff, uh, you know, a, a book about all of his movies and also bios of, of different actors and things like that. Or I think I bought the, the um, ultraviolet book, which talked about ultraviolet films, starting with like Bonnie and Clyde and the Wild Bunch and going through Walking Tall and, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction and stuff and things like that. Um, I bought that there. Um, I really should have some of my books here but I, I know exactly where they are in the basement and in my bedroom and I'm just going in my mind finding them I posted a um, blu-ray which I'm not sure if I would want to go ahead and get the blu-ray of this or just get the download of it uh, it was the BBC version uh, of Dracula which was kind of an updated Dracula that melded the uh, old Dracula with some new ideas and, and uh, a new look at it. Um, I know Stohan uh, commented on here that he said it, you know, that he thought it started out really good, uh, but then it just kind of floundered and that he really didn't like it. It was by um, the, the uh, director who did uh, Sherlock. And, uh, but I, I think, I'm not sure if that's how I found it or not, because I was really on a Sherlock Holmes. Um, kicked there for quite a while uh, watching all the Basil Rathbone, Sherlock Holmes uh, movies and uh, um, Jeremy Brett and just about anything I could find. Robert Downey Jr. Um, you know, those are okay. They, they seem to be more along the lines of the, of the action type stuff where, um, you know, I, I, which is okay. It's, it's entertaining. And I thought Robert Downey Jr. did a good job, but I, I like looking up a lot of the older Sherlock Holmes stuff and um, and uh, just you know really doing a deep dive into the character and the different stories and um, and all that. Um, I actually like this um, Dracula. That's why I I almost forgot about it. Not because I didn't think it was any good. I, it's just one of those things. I think it was on Netflix and I haven't had Netflix in quite a while now. And um, so I did forget about that. There are certain things. Um, certain shows that were on Netflix that I really liked that I would like to own, especially, um, you know, some of the anime that they had on there, like Doro Hidoro, uh, which I loved, uh, the, the first, um, season of Backy, uh, which was, you know, based on the grappler Backy. And there's probably some other ones that I've just forgotten about because I don't have them in front of me. And, and some of them aren't like this, this one, this Dracula, uh, it was a you know a BBC um, 
uh, made for BBC or made by BBC for BBC. And I guess Netflix bought it. So it is available. Now, I'm not sure about some of their other stuff uh, that is actually um, BBC uh, or not BBC, but Netflix, you know, made for Netflix. But let's see, where where is that? I want to take a look at this Draquilia. There was one with John Reese Myers, and I haven't seen him in anything for quite a while. I liked him in the um, John Travolta um, from Paris with Love. Also, um, the movie where he played uh, like the David Bowie, was it the Velvet Goldmine? Uh, where he kind of played the David Bowie-like character, and Christian Bale was in that. I liked him in that. And uh, Tudors, uh, he, was it Tudors that he played Henry VIII? He was really good in that. Then he's, I guess he has like a, a bit of an alcohol problem, and it kind of hurt his career there for a while. So I haven't seen him in anything. This one, let's see, what's this Dracula? It's 2013-2014 TV series, uh, Jonathan Reese Myers. I wonder, let me look at that. Um, he would be the younger, prettier Dracula, I guess. Let's see who else is in this and what it rates on IMDb. 7.3 out of 10. That's pretty good. Um, let's see. Can I listen to something here and see what it sounds like? Okay, there's... Uh, looks like it's a nice period piece here. Okay, wait a minute. Does he play... Van Helsing? Or does he play Draquilia? Okay. Alexander Grayson. It says is, is what he's being announced as. It says the, the legend takes new life. So maybe this is a reimagining. Jonathan Harker. Or maybe he's using a... There's Mina. Okay, maybe he's using a nom de guerre. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now that looks like Dracula. <laughs> maybe this is more... Let's see. He's built an empire of lies for over a decade. Oh, there was a chick with a Gurkha knife, which is pretty cool. Dracula travels to London with dark plans to reve uh, for revenge against those who ruined his life centuries earlier. However, his plan is complicated when he falls in love with a woman who seems to be the reincarnation of his dead wife. Okay, well, that's just basically the Dracula story. Uh, let's see here. Who else is in this song, bitch? Jessica Digau, Thomas Kreshman, Victoria Smurfit. <laughs> She's not blue. It's probably quite lovely, actually. Robert Bathurst. I'm not seeing really anybody's face that I recognize. Not that there, that means any. Gem, Gemma Redgrave. So she, I bet you she's one of the, yeah, because she even looks like uh, uh, Vanessa Redgrave. But let's see here. I'll go back. That looks pretty good. I might have to check that one out. Let me save it to my shabadoo, whatever that means. 
my list of movies that when I do a podcast, I say or TV shows and stuff that I say I'm going to go back and check out and never do. Dracula 2000 with Gerard Butler. Okay, I don't know that one, I don't think. I wonder if this is... See, that's when I'm doing this show. I should um, either have a Skype party or get on here with some, you know, certain different people at different times so we can discuss this stuff. But maybe I am discussing it to all of you right now. I've never seen Wes Craven Presents Dracula 2000. Okay, this is a group of thieves break into a chamber expecting to find paintings, but instead they release the Count himself, who travels to New Orleans to find his nemesis's daughter, Mary Van Helsing. Okay, let's see, who's in? Johnny Lee Miller, he was married to Angelina Jolie. Uh, Gerard Butler plays Dracula with a Scottish accent, I'm sure. Jennifer Esposito, I remember her from Summer of Sam. Christopher Plummer Abraham is Abraham Van Helsing, so that's good. That looks that really makes it look up already for me. Uh, Omar Epps is Marcus. I know who Omar Epps is, but um, it doesn't really go one way or the other. With him, Danny Masterson. Bleh. Okay, well I shan't be going into him. Uh, he is uh, spending a lot of time in prison. J uh, Jerry Ryan, nom, nom, nom. I will add another uh, plus if she's in it because <coughs> I find her quite fetching. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Okay, so there are some people in this that I like. What does it rate? It probably doesn't rate very well. 4.9 out of 10. Is this Gerard Butler trying to be a sexy Draquilla? Let me look and see what this trailer looks like here real quick. Never even, I don't know if I've heard of this one. Well, maybe I should save it to my little list. Daddy-o. I got a lot of time on my hands, so maybe I should watch some of these. Burp. Uh. Let's see what Gerard Butler looks like as... Track. Oh, well, they're going to be in New Orleans. Wes Craven, you know, usually does a pretty good job, and he's a horror master of horror. I wonder if this has... Uh, if it's very gory... Gerard Butler has hair like um, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, it looks like. Oh. Okay. Boy, he's really young in this, too. Jesus. Is this Gerard Butler? I mean, I wonder if this is his coming out. There were three of his uh, wives, I guess, that uh, we saw in the Gary Oldman Dracula. Look kind of the same. Okay. Johnny Lee Miller must be a vampire hunter. Skadooch. Where's Jerry Ryan at? I want to see her get bit. Ow! There she is. Okay, well, that, that looks like I might want to look at that. Why not? It might not even be any good, but still, you know, I'll probably find it for free somewhere. You know what I have never seen? And um, I remember this when I was a kid was Frank Langella as Dracula. And they really talked it up big time that this was the sexy, you know, that he was bringing sex appeal back to Dracula, uh, um, what you might call it, Frank Langella. And I think this is one of the first things that I had ever heard of him in. But then I saw him in a lot of stuff after this uh, because he was in this. Let's see what he's doing here. He's biting somebody on the neck. Okay. There's a howling wolf. He's walked through centuries, untouched by time. Okay. Seen Empires Rise and Fall. He has the wisdom of the ages and a big old dick. 
Ooh. Giving that girl a hickey. Wow. Ter ter he invokes terrible fear and haunting desire. Fucker needs to go to an orthodontist. Lawrence Olivier. He must play Van Helsing. Hmm. Donald Pleasance is in this. This was directed by John Badham. Fraggin. What's his name? Eating bugs and shit. That looks kind of cool. He's crawling up, down, or up or down the wall like a bug, bat. He, they're saying that he, it's the story of the greatest lover who ever lived. Well, that's kind of a bold statement, knowing that I'm still alive in the world. <laughs> okay, that's 1979. Who else is in this? Lawrence Olivier, I heard he was a pretty good actor. But actually, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that he was a better stage actor than he was on the big screen. Uh, Donald Pleasance. Joe Belcher. See, I don't know anybody else in this. But, of course, these are a lot of European actors. And that doesn't matter. I mean, that it's still, let's see. Trevor Eve as Jonathan Harker. Mina is played by Jan Francis. Uh, who else? Renfield, Tony Haygarth. Okay, well, I might look at that. You know, that's one that has eluded... It hasn't eluded me. I just, for some reason, I never watched it. I did watch um, Nosferatu with uh, the... Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Klaus Kinski, and I thought that was really good. I can't remember... I mean, my God, it's been so long since I've recorded now. I was going to say I can't remember if I if I talked about that or not. I don't think I did because it wasn't that super long ago but I was really impressed with that I thought it was just fantastic um, and of course that was a Werner Herzog movie so I mean you kind of expect that with him he is the master uh, let's see the vengeance of Dracula from 2023 uh, Miles John Dalton and Antonio Mayans okay this looks like this might be a piece of poop uh, let's see here. It might not even have anything. It doesn't have any rating. Uh, let's see. Miles John Dalton is the star and the writer. So this might just be a piece of poop. Uh, it doesn't even have a synopsis. So maybe we should move on from that. It doesn't have a trailer. It well, it's 2023, so maybe it hasn't been made yet. I mean, maybe it's in production or it hasn't been put out. So that, that could be why. It might not be a piece of poop. Piece of poop. Scoop-a-doop. What else do we have here? Dracula Dead and Loving It with Leslie Nielsen and Mel Brooks. This is a Mel Brooks written and directed production. Um, I have not seen this. I'm sure it is a hoot. Let's see if it's a hoot. Let me watch the trailer, and I'll tell you if it's a hoot or not. Uh, let's see. Leslie Nielsen really fucking made a uh, turned his career around making these kind of silly 
tongue-in-cheek movies. The one thing I remembered him in uh, was um, he was the captain of the SS Poseidon uh, in the Poseidon Adventure. And then he was, uh, was it Forbidden Planet? He was the captain of that ship. Uh, because that was when he was playing, you know, serious roles. Whoa. That girl had some big boobies. This looks like it could be kind of give you a little chuckle. Mel Brooks is a, you know, he was good for a chuckle. <laughs> that was funny. Okay, let's see who's in this. Leslie Nielsen, Mel Brooks plays Vin Helsing, uh, Stephen Weber. I always liked him. He's a he's a good, pretty good actor. Mostly like I think like uh, I see him on TV as uh, Jonathan Harker. Lucy is played by Lisette Anthony, Mina by Amy Yazbek, Renfield by Peter McNichol. Of course, Harvey Corman. He's a awesome and on the Carol Burnett show and Blazing Saddles and uh, some uh, whatchamacallit uh, Mel Brooks uh, one of his dudes like these old comedians and old comedy people like Avery Shriver is also in this um, let's see anybody else that I know no and so I'll skadooch out of this skadooch that means hit the back button skadooch erp why am I looking up Dracula movies? I don't know. Um, let's see. Christopher Lee. I always like Christopher Lee as Dracula. He may be, I mean, the original, you know, with Bela Lugosi is just legendary and fantastic. But I'd also like Christopher Lee. And I like Christopher Lee in some of the Sherlock Holmes stuff, too. Uh, Jack Palance. I saw that one. That was pretty good. It was a TV movie. Jack Palance did that. Did Dracula. And he also did... Uh, Jekyll and Hyde, which was pretty good too. Uh, for you know, you can tell their their uh, TV productions. They almost look like a uh, like a stage play that they shot for TV. But I like both of them. Okay, maybe we'll get off the the because uh, then I'm going to start going into all the Hammer and this and that. And there's some I can't remember the ones that I've seen and the ones that I haven't seen. Um, let's see, Casper Van Dien and Erica Alaniac. I always liked her, so let's look at this, because she was before Pam Anderson on Baywatch, and I, I watched it even back then, and I thought she was really, really hot. Okay, this is Dracula in Space, Dracula 3000. Okay, what's going on here? They're on a spaceship. And there's Tom Tiny Lister. Okay, this seems like it's almost like um, the movie Alien or something where there are uh, uh, a ship's crew in space and then like either Dracula is on here and he starts turning people into vampires. Let's see who we got here. Erica Laniac is beautiful. Uh, captain Abraham Van Helsing, so he's the captain of the ship, is Cap Van Dien, Casper Van Dien, who I always liked him. I always make fun of the fact that I've, I've liked him in other, in other stuff. Um, Erica Alaniac is Aurora Ash, 
Coolio is in this as 187. Meh. Let's see here. Mina Murray is Alexandra Camp. Uh, Langley Kirkwood plays Orlock. Udo Kier, okay, he's in this. Captain Varna. Tom Tiny Lister Jr. as Humvee. And uh, Grant Swanby as Arthur the Professor Holmwood. Okay, so are we saying that Orlock is that uh, like the Dracula-like character? Count Dracula terrorizes the crew of a spaceship. This was directed by Daryl <coughs> Root. Let me go back to this trailer. The The poster looks kind of cool. It almost looks like a Geiger um, uh, uh, kind of a picture. I'll have to post that here in a little bit so you guys can look at it and see what I'm talking about. Cap Van Dien. I think we're going to Cap Van Am I ready, ready to go with you? If I ever get out of here, I know just what I do. I would bite Erica Laniac on the neck. She is equally as attractive in this as uh, what's her name was in Species. Casper Van Dien, Erica Laniac, Coolio, Alexandra Camp, Tiny Lister. That could be interesting. You know, that if they if they did something like that in like a big budget, uh, that would be kind of a cool concept. Shadow, shadow. Okay, let's get out of here. Go back. Okay, I was going to get out of the Dracula thing. Uh, the Vengeance of Dracula. Did I already talk about that one? Yes, I did. That's the one that didn't have any, any kind of uh, anything that you could tell anything about it. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got here. So the Dracula BBC thing, I give it a thumbs up, and Stohan gives it a thumbs down. I have been watching um, The Stand, the new version of The Stand. Um, my mom, I hooked up a Roku for her, and uh, with five million different free things that you can watch on Roku, series and movies, uh, she decided she wanted to watch Frasier. And uh, so, of course, that son of a bitch isn't on there for free on anything. So I got um, the uh, Paramount uh, add-on to Roku um, so she could watch Frasier. And I thought, well, I might as well take advantage of it and uh, watch some of the stuff on there, too, if I'm going to be paying for it. And um, it was like $5.99 a month. Uh, and so I, I wanted to watch – I watched the original – um, miniseries of The Stand with Gary Sinise and Rob Lowe and Molly Ringwald uh, way back when and I really liked that one and um, so then again I, I had been going on a Stephen King uh, kind of a deep dive looking up all you know I could find and reading about the different characters in the Stephen King like multi or you know universe I guess it maybe it would be a I don't know if it would be a multiverse oh man Ugh. one of my problems lately is my tailbone hurting when I sit for too long um, and I was reading about that but I have this uh, pillow that has it's not a donut like if you have hemorrhoids or something but it's got like a space for where your sacrum or your coccyx <laughs> can it has like a hole there 
and uh, I'm testing it out. Um, so I started watching this new version of The Stand. Uh, it says the creators are Josh Boone and Benjamin Cavill. I wonder if he's related to Henri or Henry Cavill. Does, is he? Let's see here. Twas in another lifetime when a toil in blood, when blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. There's Gary Sinise uh, talking about um, the stand. So anyway, I started reading about, I'm trying to think why. I always liked, you know, of course, Randall Flagg is like a, is like a really uh, great character, a legendary character, charismatic, you know, I don't know if I would just want to say Antichrist type character or the devil or whatever, but um, he's not. I mean, I've read a lot about Randall Flagg and all his different names and incantation or not, not incantations. That's a, like a, a spell, but uh, his different uh, lives and and uh, names that he uses. And, you know, he goes back to being this uh, ancient wizard back in like Merlin and King Arthur times that has gone through. um uh the centuries just being a butthole causing trouble uh let's see and um the different characters with the uh what is it the crimson king pennywise i'm trying to think who else uh, you know all these different um from different dimensions and everything that that come to our world and just to fuck with people and everything now these these uh do have like a certain amount of religious uh context to him i mean uh flag will go of course you know they always say you know well the devil you don't listen to him because he'll he lies and everything he says is a lie and all this and that but so you can go to um well even in this even in this story you know uh the the one character who's an atheist uh that says you know well he's a scientist uh, and everything and he says well you know maybe uh you know in in the um absence of evidence you know i won't i don't believe in this or that but when you know the evidence starts showing that maybe this exists i'm not going to say well no i'm sticking to my guns because uh you know i always thought that this didn't exist but you know and that's the thing i mean you're seeing i i don't know how some of these characters could say you know they don't believe in god or this and that when in, you're seeing all this um crazy ass fucking shit going on that um you know if you can believe in the devil or wizards or magic and all this shit you know how much of a stretch is it to believe in you know some of this religion other religious stuff that you normally wouldn't in this story in these this world let's see who else is in this okay you have uh, Whoopi goldberg as mother abigail um Alexander Skarsgård, I like him, but he kind of can be to me. Of course, he's a great-looking guy, you know, built great, uh, uh, fucking handsome and everything. I'm not sure if he has the um, charisma in this, but then some people were comparing him to Jamie Sheridan, who played Randall Flagg in the original and for me he had you could see the 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 you know the kind of grin you know the that um as elvis would say or what was somebody talked about it was in the bubba hotep when 
when Elvis said uh, he hit the women with that uh, curly lip smile and, and had them eaten out of his asshole. Well, that's kind of, um, I think that Jeremy, Jamie Sheridan, he had the menacing character, of course, and, you know, was the real, you know, motherfucker, uh, monstrous uh, character in that he showed. But also he had that um, kind of, I, I don't know, like a charismatic, uh, I'm trying to think of who would be, I mean, they said maybe like a Jim Morrison, you know, when Jim Morrison was young. Um, but somebody that has that really magnetic charisma uh, that the women just fucking, fucking eat up, you know. Uh, Skarsgård plays it more, I mean, I know that, um, well, he just seemed like, to me, more menacing and more, uh, I don't know, he didn't have that... Um, huckster kind of con man bullshit uh that that everybody would like uh and be drawn to like a rock star for me he didn't um but he was still good it was just a different take on it uh james martson plays Stu redman and um I, he was pretty good in this this is one of the better things that i've that i've seen him in that i liked uh let's see Odessa Young as Franny. Amber Heard is in this, and this is a good role for her because, uh, you know, with I, I don't give a fuck about her and the Johnny Depp thing. Uh, I think she's a pretty good actress, and she's very good looking. Um, and the character of Nadine that she plays is kind of a in the stand. I mean, it's kind of hard to say anybody is truly evil because they're being manipulated and. Uh, by flag plus also uh you know you see some of the shit that they had to go through to get to where they're at uh but she's good at playing nadine in this uh the one guy that was really good is uh harold lauder uh plays i wonder if he's related to ed lauder that was in like all the uh charles bronson movies and uh uh, the Longest Yard with uh, Burt Reynolds. Uh, Owen, he plays Owen Teague. I mean, I'm sorry. No, apparently not, because the actual actor's name is Owen Teague. The character is Harold Louder, and he's really good in this. He's a, a kind of a man, not, well, kind of manic, but kind of the nerdy guy that uh, was really super intelligent, but could nothing ever went his way as far as women go and things like that in life so he really carries a chip on his shoulder and a grudge that he hides behind a mask of uh you know being nice but it shows through he can't help it um uh brad henke plays tom cullen uh enrique zaga plays nick andros and i believe that's the character that rob lowe played in the first one uh, Lloyd is played by Nat Wolf. Greg Kinnear plays Glenn Bateman. Uh, what else we got here? Yo, I don't know if it's Jovan or Jovan. Adepo plays Larry Underwood, who was the um, musician. He was kind of like a rock star in the first one. And in this one, he's more like a blues, jazz uh, guitarist. Uh, let's see what else we got Fiona, Fiona Dorif I always see these people and then I think oh I wonder if that person is related to like Brad Dorif she plays Rat Woman and the fucking fucker that plays the Flash 
uh, that is kind of a total weirdo now that uh, they think he's almost like a cult leader. He plays Trash Can Man. Uh, let's see here. But I like this so far. I'm about, I think there's nine, nine or ten episodes, and I'm on like five or six. They're just, um, um, well, I don't want to tell you guys in case nobody, somebody hasn't seen it, but, uh, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. I'm about halfway through. I've read some reviews of this, and some people said that it was really boring and really a, sh- a slog compared to the book and compared to the original miniseries. Let me look at the original miniseries here. I want to just take a look at the... I remember it had a really good cast. Gary Sinise plays Stu. Uh, Molly Ringwald is Franny. Uh, Laura San Giancano plays Nadine in that one. Jamie Sheridan, I thought he was really good as Randall Flagg. I think that might have been the first thing I saw him in, and then he was on like one of the Law and Orders for quite a bit. Uh, Aussie Davis plays Judge Richard Ferris, and in the new one, it is actually a woman, uh, an older lady that plays the judge. Uh, Ruby D plays Mother Abigail Fremantle. Lloyd is played by Miguel Farrar. This one had a really good cast. Uh, Trash Can Man was Matt Brewer. I remember seeing him in a lot of stuff. Um, Adam Stork as Larry. Larry fucked up. Uh, Rob Lowe as Nick. Who else we got here? Tom Cullen, Bill Fager, Baki, Baki Humma, Humna. That was Grappler Baki. Rat Man. Okay, the other one was Rat Woman, so they changed that one around a little bit. Kelly Overby as. Dania? I don't remember who she was in the other one. I don't remember that name. Maybe they cut her part out. But anyway, I thought that one was really good. The, this one is the new one's okay. It's it's kept me watching, which for miniseries these days, um, the, it's hard for me to sit there and I've said that a million times on the show uh, as far as binge watching something. I get bored and, and just having... It's like with some of these anime series that just go on and on and on. I would almost rather, like on Netflix with like Baki or Doro Hidoro or something like that, uh, you know, the the season is, it's not just like when you get on one of these anime websites or on YouTube that has an entire anime series and these series have gone on and on for like fucking 20 years and they just have episode after episode and I, I just get burnt out after a while. Uh, I was looking at Children of the Corn, um, I think it was yesterday. I saw this a long, long time ago. Uh, I don't know if it was on TV or if it was in the theater. Maybe oh, it might have been on VHS, because as you guys know, I'm not a big horror person. Um, but the reason I was looking at this was um, the, the man behind the rose or the man behind the corn. Uh, I was thinking, okay, is that Randall Flagg? And I believe it was. They don't ever expressly say that it's him uh, that's manipulating all these kids and shit um, as far as, you know, killing everybody and 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 everything. Um, but I remember, just one of the things I remember about this was the character of Malachi and how everybody thought he was so weird and creepy when, when I was younger and we watched this. Um, I'm trying to think if... 
if Stephen King, if this is one of the ones that he said that he didn't like, they did remake Children of the Corn in 2020. That one might be a miniseries, but there's been several. There, It's like a goddamn franchise from what I'm seeing here. I mean, they have Children of the Corn 3, Children of the Corn 2, Children of the Corn The Gathering, Children of the Corn Runaway, Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Return. Uh, what else do we have here? Urban Harvest, Children of the Corn. That's Children of the Corn 3. Let me look at the cast for Children of the Corn. Of course, I think a lot of, like, some of the Stephen King stuff, uh, you know, he would say, oh, I hated this when it came out, like The Shining or something. And then they make a, uh, I think they made a mini series of The Shining. I really like The Shining, the, uh, the, uh, Kubrick Shining. I thought it was great. I watched that one over and over. Okay, Children of the Corn had uh, Peter Horton as Bert and Linda Hamilton as Vicky. Okay, and uh, they're traveling across the whatever and come to the town. Uh, R.G. Armstrong is a great old character actor. Uh, John Franklin plays Isaac, and he kind of reminds me of that young girl that was in Game of Thrones. Uh, as far as how he looks, I think that they could be like a brother and sister or something. Maybe they are. I don't know. This seems like it was a long time ago, though. Uh, let's see. Courtney Gaines plays Malachi. What else was he in? Because he really, I mean, even though Children of the Corn wasn't a great movie, he was good in a lot of, uh, in that movie, he was such a, a weirdo. Uh, the, I, I don't want to say, when I say like a Mennonite type character or, Amish Mennonite nutbag. Uh, I'm not saying anything about the religion or anything. I'm just saying the way they dressed and all that seemed like it was kind of um, that kind of uh, out of touch religious kind of sect. Um, let's see. What else was he in? Malachi. Hellblazers. Let's see if there's anything that was really actually worth looking at here. Candy corn. <laughs> wonder if that's a children of the corn ripoff where they make him eat that shit fucking candy that I Ugh. Okay, that's the first thing he was in was when he played Malachi. Hard Bodies, Lust in the Dust. Uh, Rat Boy, that kind of has a uh, Stephen King-like connotation there. I don't know what it is, though. Starman, that is definitely not Jeff Bridges, I don't think. No, that is, is that a TV show? Yeah, series with Robert Hayes. He was a pretty good actor for the time. I'm sure it's based on uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Starman with Jeff Bridges, which was an excellent fucking movie. Entertaining. Very entertaining. I used to watch that one all the time when it was on TV. 21 Jump Street, Colors. Is that with uh, Duvall? Yes, he was in Colors. Uh, I remember that with Sean Penn and Robert Duvall. Very good movie. Um, and uh, did Dennis Hopper? Yeah, he directed that. Speaking of Dennis Hopper, uh, that one was definitely a movie of the times because that was during the height of the Bloods and Crips and that gang war and everything. Um, I think it probably still holds up, but I mean, definitely uh, at that very, at that moment, that was what was always going on. You don't hear too much about any of that anymore. You know, the big war between the Bloods and the Crips. The only time you hear about that uh, was uh, when some of the rap uh, rappers or hip hop stars and people in the, in that um, genre that uh, were true to, or had ties to, um, those two gangs uh, were killing each other. Let's see, The Burbs. Was Corey Feldman in The Burbs? I've been watching a lot of stuff about Corey Feldman lately. 
uh, Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, Corey Feldman. He plays Ricky. And Corey Feldman also was, wasn't he, was he the little kid that was in, which, was he in a Friday the 13th movie? Let me look. Okay, actor, Corey Feldog, the Feldog. Let's see, what's the Feldog doing? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Feldog. Feldog's kind of a piece of shit. Uh, for some of the stuff he's been doing about exploiting, you know, he's made a living now off of exploiting Corey Haim and uh, all the shit that happened to him. And if you read and watch a lot of the stuff that he has done, it's almost like he has, uh, like I said, kind of made a living off of being the uh, uh, writing on uh, I'm going to expose what happened to me and Corey Haim. And if you send me $10 million, I'll expose it. It's kind of a gross thing. And Corey Haim's mother and family and stuff think he's a piece of shit. Uh, he's a pretty good actor there for a while. So I guess maybe since he got on the bad side of Hollywood plus uh, the whole Michael Jackson thing, I don't know if that, that didn't help him. He's, he's kind of tried to have a musical career. And um, he does, I mean, he's like obsessed with Michael Jackson dressing like him and dancing like him and everything, his music. I mean, he doesn't have that, great of a voice and uh, one of the things i've been watching uh, is a um, on youtube um, i think the radio show it's on sirius is called bonfire and they just go off on Corey feldman and him being on like marriage boot camp and uh, uh, uh hollywood wife swap and uh going to make those movies that he says he's gonna make if you send him 10 million dollars and all this shit uh, and he wrote a book uh, called The Rape of Two Corys or something. And uh, they've been making fun of him. And it's pretty entertaining. Uh, let's see. Alice, the TV TV show Alice. I liked that show when it was on. Kiss My Griots. And that was based on uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, which was a really good movie. Uh, Mork and Mindy. So he went back to, Jesus Christ, uh, 1978. How old is the Feld Dog? Let me look here. Is the Feld Dog? I remember seeing him in Stand by Me and um, um, The Lost Boys. He's 52. I mean, he's not that much younger than me. Burp. Uh, let's see what else. So he started in 78 and was born in 71. So I um, mean, yeah, he was definitely. Bound to be fucked up. Red Line, that has uh, starred Chad McQueen, Steve McQueen's son, who never really had the charisma or the looks or whatever to, you know, Steve McQueen's one of the most charismatic guys ever to be on film. film. Married with Children, Blown Away. That I think Loaf and I might have reviewed that one. Blown Away with uh, Fell Dog and, Cor and uh, the Hamster. And Erica Alaniac, or not Erica Alaniac, what's her name was in that? Uh, Nicole Eggert. Uh, I know Corey Feldman was talking about when they were growing up and banging like Alyssa Milano and uh, uh, Nicole Eggert. Um, I think we reviewed Blown Away. We reviewed, no, maybe we reviewed one. No, this wasn't it, I don't think. Uh, we reviewed one with Feldog and the Hamster. 
about them being in a school. It was like Die Hard or something in a school. Okay, this is Megan, the 17-year-old daughter of a strict but wealthy businessman, falls for um, Rich, who works at a ski resort. Megan's mother has recently died in a car accident, which she blames on her father. Is, uh, is Rich so in love with Megan that he'll watch her kill her own father? Okay, let's see. And that does have the fell dog in it. Hamster, Nicole Eggert, Jean Leclerc. I don't know him. Uh, probably nobody else. They probably had to give all the money to those people just to be in it. Nicole Eggert looks pretty hot in that, if I do say so myself. Uh, let's see. Loaded Weapon 2. Is that... No, that's that's uh, is that Samuel Jackson and Emilio? I was going to say it for some reason. I thought it was Charlie Sheen, but uh, I don't think it is. And Feldog is the one that said that Hamster told him that Charlie Sheen on the set of Lucas took him in between these two trailers and had anal sex with him. And Charlie Sheen said that's bullshit. So who knows? Because um, I don't think we heard it from... Charlie or from Corey Hames mouth we just heard it from uh Phil Dog and there are people now that are saying but you know maybe it was true I don't know but you know now people are taking that as almost gospel uh but you know who knows uh, let's see William Shatner was in that Frank McRae I always liked him Tim Curry I think I saw... No, 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 no. You know what I'm thinking of uh, was the Richard Dreyfuss Emilio, and Emilio Estevez movie where they were kind of... where they were cops, like a buddy cop kind of comedy kind of a thing. And I remember liking that, thinking it was pretty good. And we, they, It was good enough that they made a sequel to it. What was that one called? Okay. Uh, Emilio was the boy under the lamppost in Badlands with his dad and Sissy Spacek and Warren Oates which was a great movie. Tex with Matt Dillon. Outsiders with Matt Dillon. Uh, this is Emilio. Okay, so i got to remember what I'm looking at here. I was going to look for the one with him, and um, was it Undercover or something? Wisdom. Okay, now when Emilio came off of he was a big thing there for a while. And he was like coming off The Outsiders, uh, then uh, Repo Man. Uh, okay, The Breakfast Club, I think maybe was his really the because in the outsiders that was like an ensemble cast and mostly he was he wasn't like a main guy in that it was um c thomas howell and ralph Macchio and um what's her name uh, cherry valance which was diane lane the diane lane yes diane lane and uh tom waits will william smith Sophia Coppola. Oh, yeah, she was the little girl in that. That uh, uh, was, um, I think she was Diane Lane's sister in that. But anyway, I love The Outsiders, that cast and everything, just all the guys in it. Uh, but so then I think coming off of Breakfast Club was what really launched Emilio, other than the fact that his dad was Martin Sheen. Um, but I love that one. Of course, then uh, St. Elmo's Fire, that was another one. Not as good. I mean, he kind of had his own standoff um, storyline in that, a sort of a little bit apart from everybody else where he was obsessed with Dale Braverman, who was Andy McDowell, 
Uh, I need to watch out. Some of these ones, I'm really going down the, uh, it's really creating some nostalgia, making me want to wa watch some of these old um, Brat Pack movies. To me, more as Jules. I really liked her in that. She was, I had a, a little bit of a crush on her in that one. Because, um, you know, back in the day when you were young, like in your, in, in school and everything, the girl that kind of had the little bit of a gruff voice, probably from smoking, but we never thought about that then, was kind of always hot. Rob Lowe was Billy, the one that played the saxophone. Uh, Kirby um, was Emilio, and he was after Dale Braverman. Bra it says, like, Biberman, but I thought it was Braverman. Maybe it is Biberman. Uh, Judd Nelson, I saw him in a movie recently. Uh, where he played that scumbag real-life guy that kept his daughter in a dungeon in their basement and got her pregnant uh, like about seven different times for for 27 years or something. Uh, and he played the dad in that. He did a good job, but God, that was such a gross subject and such a horrible thing to happen to anybody. Uh, but Andrew McCarthy... Andrew McCarthy was another one that sort of had his own little story... I, I guess maybe they all did in this, but it, it was like him and Emilio. Andrew McCarthy kind of was like hanging out with the hookers and stuff like that. He was a writer, and um, he was the guy that was kind of introspective. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, but the, I, I, that one was pretty good. It had a nice cast and everything. That was then. This is now. I still like that one. Another. This is another um, S.E. Hinton. I think, uh, yeah, Essie Hinton, everybody was adapting her stuff like The Outsiders. Uh, that was then, this is now. And uh, I think Tex was Essie Hinton. And um, what was that? There was another one that was Essie. Oh, well, God damn it. I'm, now I'm leaving out one that was like uh, the, um, like a big one. Let's see. Tex? Was it. Uh, Rumblefish? Maybe it was Rumblefish. Rumblefish. Fish. Rumblefish. Was that S.E. Hinton? Twas in another lifetime when it toiled in blood. Yes, Rumblefish was S.E. Hinton. So that's why I couldn't find it because Emilio wasn't in that one. And I don't think any of the Brat Pack was other than, well, Matt Dillon. I don't know if they consider Matt Dillon in the Brat Pack. He was certainly there and around those people. And uh, in The Outsiders, too. But he didn't really... I, I didn't think... He kind of went out on his own, to me. Uh, that was then. This is now. I always liked that one. Um, it's one yeah, it, that doesn't get talked about a lot lately, about these uh, two guys that are kind of like brothers. I don't think they're really brothers. I think they, they kind of like... Uh, um, are like brothers as far as being friend, friends and everything. Um, and... Um, What's his name? Uh, Emilio is like the real wild one. And uh, Craig Sheffer, who I always liked, uh, was the kind of... Uh, he goes along with him and everything, but then when it gets to a certain age uh, where if you know, you're both kind of wild and then one decides, okay, it's time to kind of start being a little bit more mature and everything, and then the other one still wants to go down the bad path, maybe. Um, Barbara Babcock, I always thought she was gorgeous uh for an older lady back in the day when i was young well she was older for me morgan freeman was in that uh let's see who else oh frank howard i was gonna say that's eminem he plays eminem 
he was a little creep, kind of a little weirdo guy in that in that movie. Uh, little towhead, which he kind of looks like Eminem, who I'm I've never been a big fan of Eminem. My uh, ex girlfriend just loves him, and, and you know, but I I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, everybody has their own thing, and for a certain generation, he was kind of like a I don't know. You know, I've heard you know people say he was a genius and all this and that. I just he he does it, his he doesn't work for me. I've never went out of my way to uh, listen to him that much. I don't like his voice, uh, and um, I think he kind of tries to come off as being hard. And he's like a poser. He looks like a little douche. Um, let's see, wisdom that was um, Emilio and. Um, Demi Moore, and that was when they were dating uh, big time, and Emilio wrote and directed that one. Also has Tom Scared in it. That one didn't do very well uh, at the box office. Uh, Veronica Cartwright, Tom Scarrett, always good. Uh, I think Charlie Sheen, yes, he is in this. Uh, but it's, it was kind of like a, a yuppie version of Badlands, but not you know that dark uh, they're kind of a young couple who go on a, a, a crime spree across the United States, but it's not like uh, Charles Whitman or not Charles Whitman, but um, Charles Starkweather uh, going across the country murdering people. I mean, this is more of a, like I said, kind of a yuppie takeoff on that. Stakeout was the one with uh, Emilio and uh, Richard Dreyfus. I thought this was very entertaining, and uh, you know, it was one that we watched on like HBO. Like, uh, you know, different. There's certain movies that were on like HBO uh, every day, and you know, we would watch it. I'm sure it's, I haven't seen it in forever, so it's probably not that good. But I remember thinking it was, you know, fairly entertaining. Aiden Quinn, I always liked him in just about everything. He was really good, and one of the movies that I is often also forgotten about that we reviewed on the show uh, was the movie Reckless with Aiden Quinn and Daryl Hannah, I believe. It was a really good, like, teen movie. Um, high school kind of a movie. Uh, and they made a lot of good ones back then. That's, like I said, um, uh, that was in This Is Now, Reckless, and the one with uh, Tom Cruise where he was a football player. Um, I, we reviewed that one on the show, too. Um, this one has, let's see, Richard Dreyfus, Emilio, their cop partners, Madeline Stowe. She's a good-looking lady and a good, a talented actor. Uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker. But anyway, I, I need to, I want to rewatch that one. I've been talking it up. I know, you know, probably nobody will go back and watch it, but I want to go back and watch it. And uh, let's see. Then we have Never on Tuesday, uncredited tow truck driver. <laughs> okay, I don't want to get into Young Guns and all that one and two. Again, those are kind of uh, when they would have the uh, – those weren't Brat Pack people, but they all went on to do other stuff. I mean, uh, became – like a lot of the young, you know, kind of an ensemble cast. Emilio is uh, Billy the Kid, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen, Casey Shamashko, who was kind of ha- going on a nice run there for a while and then kind of disappeared. His sister uh, is, uh, I think it's Nina, is also in movies. Dermot Mulroney, Terrence Stamp, of course, is legend. Jack Palance, Palance. Terry O'Quinn, I always like him. He's in that... Um, uh, 
series that I loved called uh, Patriot. Um, I think it had like two seasons, but God, I encourage everybody watch that. It's so good. Um, let's see. Is that okay? Brian Keith plays Buckshot Roberts. I remember that. Uh, Patrick Wayne, he played Pat Garrett. That is uh, in this one. In the second one, it was, um, of course, that's John Wayne's son. The second one, it's the dude from, um, oh, what's, what the fuck? That, uh, the one with Willem Dafoe, where they were the counter, he was the counterfeiter. And where's he at? I'm just blanking on the name. Uh, they say Pat Garrett, William Peterson has got your number. So sleep with one eye open when you slumber. Viggo Mortensen was in Young Guns too. I forgot about that. I, I've I've watched uh, probably Young Guns one uh, a bunch of times, but Young Guns two. It's not that it was really that bad or anything, but it's just not one that I watched more than a few times. Christian Slater was in that. He played Dave Rudabaugh, and if you've watched the um, Kevin Costner movie uh, about Wyatt Earp. Uh, when Wyatt Earp first meets Doc Holliday, he is on the search for Dave Rudabaugh. And he's like, Dave Rudabaugh is a lion's fucking ass fucking piece of shit. He didn't say that, but I added that for a little pizzazz. You know, this is an adult show. So I don't know if I don't think that Wyatt Earp. Are you my friend, Wider? There was a lot of outlaws running around back then, but Dave Rudabaugh uh, did cross over with Wyatt Earp and Billy the Kid. Uh, let's see here. Who else is in this that would be interesting? Goo, interesting goo. I like watching some of these movies. Like um, you see, um, what was that one? The Left-handed gun with Paul Newman or Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid with Chris Christopherson and Coburn and just different uh, versions of the Billy the Kid story and and you see like uh, uh, John W. Poe is played by Viggo Mortensen in this one and in the uh, one with uh, Pat Garrett it's John Beck who was uh, with James Caan in Rollerball he played John W. Poe in that of course Pat Garrett was played by James Coburn in Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. This is William Peterson, uh, John Wayne's son in the first one of this one. I'm trying to think who else played Pat Garrett. Uh, there was one dude that was in a lot of movies, and he was Pat Garrett in the Left Hand Gun. Left Hand Gun. Was that what it's called with Paul Newman? Um, can't remember what that guy's name is. He's been in a shitload of... Uh, okay, John uh, Derner played Pat Garrett in the um, left-handed gun with Paul Newman, and he also played... Let me see here. I've seen him in so many... I mean, he started in 19... Or he was born in 1915, so I guess he did start in 1915, and he uh, uh, died in 1992, so he's pretty old. Um, but what else was he in that I... Okay, Boys from Brazil. He's in 302 fucking movies and TV shows. Uh, let's see. What else? Skadooch. 
I love IMDB. He's six foot two. Let's go back, 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 back. back, 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 back. Oh, there's just too much stuff to look at here to even go through. I mean, fuck. He was in everything. <laughs> Poor guy's never going to get any recognition. He was in everything. Um, yeah, I know he was on Andy Griffith a few times. Let's see. John? What the fuck was his name? D-E-H-N-E-R. Derner. I guess it would just be Derner. But anyway... He played Pat Garrett, too. I don't know why I got off on that tangent. I see this uh, Western have gun will travel beats the heart. Okay. Okay. Let's get off of him because, again, he's way back and nobody gives a shit other than, well, I guess some people might, but it's a that's a long, dark hole to gape into. And we've been going about an hour here. I feel pretty good. Let's keep talking. Emilio Estevez was in Mission Impossible. I almost forgot about that. Mighty Ducks. I have never seen either Mighty Ducks 1 or 2. Uh, I'm sure they were probably pretty... I, I Did we do Free Jack? Was that... Okay, that's Emilio and Mick Jagger. Okay, I'm thinking of the one with uh, Keanu Reeves. Although, I think maybe we did do Free Jack. Did we do Free Jack, or did we do the one with Keanu, with Johnny Mnemonic? I'll have to look that up and get back to Yin's guys on that. Bon Jovi, Say It Isn't So. I never was the world's biggest Bon Jovi fan. Not that I hated him or anything, but I don't know. I, I'm a guy. I guess I can have an opinion on whether someone's good-looking or not, and I know that a lot of women thought that he was just so good-looking, and I, I don't know. I just never thought he was that great. I never thought that. I mean, they had catch, some catchy tunes, but I never thought they were that great. Tony is doing sex. Smoking crack. Sucking cocks. Tino is Fuck him. Oh, and he was in Young Guns, so I think Bon Jovi had a cameo in either Young Guns 1 or 2 uh, where he's just some old dirty uh, hermit or uh, a, um, um, convict that is escaping, and uh, in they just have him so with a beard and long hair and so dirty that you can't even tell it's him, but he just gets blown away with a shotgun as soon as he's coming up out of the hole. Let's see, The Night Porter, that's a one of my favorites. Um, again, I've talked about that on the show enough to uh, not have to go over it again. Charlotte Rampling, I think I posted something about what was, you know, your favorite movie with Charlotte Rampling. And, uh, of course, that's one that, that uh, comes up every time for me. Um, and I, I really like that movie. And, again, I've said it a million times before, some people without even seeing it, classify that as some kind of a dirty movie or something, like some dirty S&M movie or something, but it's not. It's it's a really good movie. Um, 
Josh Joss Ackland uh, passed away um, this past week, and he was in Lethal Weapon. Was it two? That was the one with you know uh, he was the uh, South African uh, asshole that had diplomatic immunity. I remember him. For me, I remember him most from playing Jerry Westerby in uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the BBC version uh, miniseries of the uh, John Le Carre uh, spy novel, and uh, Jerry Westerby was just a part of that novel. Of course, it all revolves around George Smiley. And, um, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of different characters in that, but Smiley's the main guy, of course, that it revolves around. And Wester B is just a uh, one of the people that uh, helps him um, to, in his quest in that book and movie, uh, and uh, miniseries and movie, uh, but and the honorable schoolboy uh, Jerry Westerby is the main uh, character in that one, uh, which is another novel by Jean Le Carré. It was going to be uh, they did um, Smiley's people, they did Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, Smiley's people, uh, and goddamn, what was that one called? It didn't have Smiley. Well, if it did, it, he wasn't like the main character. It, uh, let's see. BBC George Smiley. The other one that they produced wasn't um, as successful as um, I think Tinker Taylor, of course, is considered like one of the best uh, miniseries, one of the best spy probably novels, and the miniseries, one of the best ever done as far as like real spying and everything. Uh, Smiley's People is still good. It's good. It's not as good as Tinker Taylor. Um, the God damn it. Okay, what the fuck was that one called? Um, not the Constant Guard. They were going to do the Honorable Schoolboy, uh, but it, they said it would have cost too much because it takes place in, um, I think, in like a. Indochina and Vietnam and everything, Thailand and over in that area. So it would have cost too much to do. The other one was called Motherfucker. Oh shit, not Night Manager. They did that one. That one was with uh, Tom Hiddleston and um, uh, Hugh Laurie. That was a good one. It's worth watching, definitely. Uh, that, that but that's a newer one. Tinker Taylor. Oh God damn it! Now I'm I'm making this uh, a shitty show by trying to look this up, and of course I can't. It's not going to help me uh, with this dead air trying to find something. Uh, the it's God damn it! What the fuck was that called? It's killing me now. Let's see. Let me just look up uh, BBC Jean Le Carré. And, okay, he died. Let's see here. BBC. Jesus Christ, motherfucker. How is this this fucking hard? <laughs> A 
Okay, let's just go to Wikipedia and look up Jean Le Carré, and let's go down to uh, novels, archives, citations. Okay, bitch, you got to have something on here about the goddamn TV shows and movies. Fucking cocksucker. Names. Okay, let's see here. We have The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. That was um, Richard Burton. Uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Honorable Schoolboy. Smiley's People. Little Drummer Girl. That was Diane Keaton. And that also has uh, uh, a new one that was a miniseries, I think, that had um, Alexander Skarsgård. And A Perfect Spy. That was the one I was trying to think of. And who was in that? Adaptations. 1987 TV adaptation of the same name was produced by Bibisa, starring Peter Egan. Okay, now that one didn't do as well as the other ones. Um, let's see. There was a BBC radio adaptation in eight parts. Uh, it was broadcast uh, starring James Fox as Magnus Pym. Uh, James Grout as Jack Brotherhood. Okay, the one reason, like, some of these books I like, um, because, you know, if you watch Tinker Tailor and you know the character of George Smiley, then, like, uh, you know, Smiley will show up in some of these other adaptations, not having a big part, but, you know, he's in it, you know, and it's kind of cool. Or they'll have Jerry Westerby or uh, young Peter Gwillem or some of these other guys in it, which is kind of cool. You get kind of in that. It's like Stephen King when you're in that kind of uh, universe. Uh, the Night Manager, I just talked about that one. Taylor of Panama, that was, is that Alec Guinness? And uh, let's see here. Reception, Solomon Rushdie. I think that was Alec Guinness, wasn't it? Our man in uh, Havana. Uh, that no, that was Graham Greene. Graham Greene. Uh, to research the novel, Jean Le Carré visited Panama on uh, five occasions. The book uh, was inspired by Graham Greene's *Our Man in Havana*. Okay, uh, Le Carré likens the tale to *Casablanca Without Heroes*. <laughs> yeah, um, there was one with um, oh, not Pierce Brosnan. Let's see, Constant Gardner. Who was in that film adaptation? That was Rafe Fiennes and Rachel Weiss. But I'm thinking of another one. Maybe it was Taylor of Panama. Taylor of Panama movie was uh, yeah Pierce, Pierce Brosnan and um, Jeffrey um, Jeffrey Rush. Yes, Jeffrey Rush, Brendan Gleeson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Mark Margolis, Dylan Baker. That was a pretty good one, too. Pretty stout. Daniel Radcliffe. Um, uh, so I need to go back and watch that one again. Uh, the one, um, The Perfect Spy, that I was talking about that wasn't as successful, I bought that on VHS um, after I had watched Tinker Tailor and uh, Smiley's People. They used to show Smiley's People. Of course, they're BBC. So uh, um, PBS, Public Broadcasting over here, uh, would show a lot of BBC stuff. Um, 
And I remember when I was a little kid, of course, I was a James Bond fan and everything. And so I thought, oh, this is a spy, you know, uh, thing. But as, you know, be, being younger, whether it was in like junior high or something like that, it was too real world and kind of over my head. I think Smiley's People was on. I thought, oh, I'm going to watch this. This is like a spy movie, thinking about like James Bond and things like that. And then I thought it was really dull. But then when you get older and uh, more appreciative of the real world and, uh, you know, also great acting and well-produced stuff, uh, you know, I really liked it. So I bought that Perfect Spy on – I bought um, all three of them. No, I think I bought Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy on VHS – I ended up buying Smiley's People on DVD, I think, but I bought uh, Perfect Spy on VHS, and I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing all the way through, and if I did, I don't remember jack shit about it because I didn't think it was very good. Uh, but I probably should watch it now. I don't even know where the fuck it is. Where With a lot of my stuff, I could tell you, okay, this is you know, down in the basement on this shelf or in this bin or something. I don't have anything in alphabetical order. I'm watching Charlotte Rampling first um, see Dirk Bogart uh, after World War II is over and her, and I think it's her husband, come to this hotel and uh, they're going to a some gala and she comes face to face with Dirk, Dirk Bogart who was a Nazi SS guy that basically uh, used and abused her in a concentration camp. And uh, it's just a really weird... I mean, it definitely is a weird movie. It's a... It's a um, I don't know how to explain it. This movie is so good. It's just so interesting. Uh, uh, the dynamic and the... Um, and definitely if you're... I was watching a documentary about the Odessa the other day. Of course, you know, talking about the Odessa file movie and some, and uh, like uh, Boys from Brazil and things like that. The Odessa helping these Nazi criminals. Uh, again, also uh, watched uh, Hotel Terminus, the documentary, the great documentary about uh, Klaus Barbie. Um, and um, reading up and doing a deep dive on all that stuff. And this is another one that could be thrown into that. Uh, this isn't a, of course, a true story, but um, the Odessa is, you know, involved in this whole story of the Night Porter. Um, let's see here. But it's such a, a, such a strange, odd relationship that the two characters, uh, Dirk Bogart character and Charlotte Rampling character, have. The synopsis is, of course, a concentration camp survivor rekindles her sadomasochistic relationship with her lover, a former SS officer, now working as a night porter in a Vienna hotel. But his former Nazi associates, and of course those are the ones in the Odessa that he's part of, um, uh, begin stalking them. Uh, but again, now I want to watch this motherfucker again. Let me add this to my list. I have, again, this is another one that I have around here somewhere. What we're doing on time is I babble along. Uncle Johnny babble, babble, babble. Oh, that was such a good movie. I don't know why. I like that movie so much. Dirk Bogart was such a good actor. One of my favorites.
Let's see here. Let's get off of the Emilio kick. Emilio hasn't done anything, but him and uh, again also, I think Emilio got into the behind the scenes thing and kind of got away from, you know, starring in movies and everything. I wonder if like if uh, I don't know. I was going to say I wonder if it's a good comparison Emilio Estevez and um, Charlie Sheen with Jeff and Bo Bridges, uh, but maybe not. Uh, but Phil Dog kind of fell off the map too. He kind of I think he's kind of. Uh, become a little bit weird uh the burbs i want to watch that too again let me add that one to my list burbs that's not one that i ever watched uh i don't think i maybe have watched it one time uh let's see here there's malachi now i feel like we're going back in time by just trying to uh go back on the path that took me to this <laughs> the, the burbs and children of the corn and all this um but i was talking about um Bert and Vicky, who are Peter Horton and Linda Hamilton in uh, Children of the Corn, and they're kind of uh, come to this town and everything. But then I come to uh, the uh, Stephen King um, movie that was going to be, I think, a two-part uh, a two-part TV. Uh, movie. I don't know if you would call that a miniseries or not, called Desperation. And that's what I was saying about those two characters traveling across the country and coming to a town or whatever, that this is kind of the um, sort of the same kind of a thing. Um, and it also has Stephen Weber. Um, so maybe Stephen King uh, likes Stephen Weber. But I watched again uh, Desperation. It is a TV movie. It was, I think, it was supposed to be. I read in two parts, uh, and they condensed it down, so maybe it lost something there. But I, again, that was me going down the Stephen King rabbit hole of his um, interdimensional demons and and people like that. Um, and um, this, um, uh, I guess, it would be like a demon. And this would be the character of Tack who goes through um he basically possesses people and um it's it it is interesting getting on like wikipedia and and um uh they have like a stephen king uh kind of based wikipedia that uh talks about all these different characters all these different books what what uh how they're how they're connected or not connected but um, and this character, uh, or this, it's not even a character because it's played by different people as the demon Tack possesses, uh, these different people in this town. And it first starts out, uh, as, uh, uh, possessing, uh, the Ron Perlman character who is the, uh, sheriff of the town, Kali, uh, Entrangian, uh, and of course he, just like stops people along the road, you know, for traffic stops. And, uh, he acts normal at first, but then, you know, you're, you're, you're nervous anyway, anytime you get pulled over by a cop for nothing, but it's out West and where like the, there's just nothing but complete straight stretches of, uh, of, uh, road. And you might not see a town or a person for, you know, hours at a time. And, and, uh, you know, he pulls these people over and then, they suddenly start to realize that he is fucked up <laughs> and that, uh, you know, as things go on and, um, Steven Weber is in this and, uh, Tom Skerritt, uh, who seems to appear in so several of these movies, uh, Henry Thomas, 
Uh, let's see who else. Of course, Ron Perlman. Uh, but I... This one, I don't like how it's shot as much, and it does really come off as made-for-TV and kind of a low-budget sort of way. Um, but I think it could have, of course, been done better. Um, anything can, I, I, and, you know. But um, I like watching it just because, going, like I said, going down the Stephen King rabbit hole. Uh, and, uh, you know, I haven't read... Uh, I don't know if I've read any of his stuff, uh, but I've watched the movies that they're based on and then researched them. Because, like, The Stand, that's it's just kind of a... I don't know, I know it's kind of a cop-out, but, you know, the thing's goddamn... And then he added... He, he re-released it and added, like, 400 fucking pages or something, and the goddamn thing was as thick as a, as a goddamn cinder block to start with. Uh, let's see here. So, anyway, uh, Desperation... <sighs> I mean, don't watch it on my recommendation that it's great or anything, but if you're into the Stephen King universe and stuff like that, um, it's it's worth a watch. I've watched it a couple times now. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? The Dennis Hopper. Yeah, From Hell to Texas was the Henry Hathaway uh, movie with uh, Dennis Hopper. And um, he is, again, the weakling son of the bad man. Let's see. Skidoo, Don Murray. He was in a lot of uh, old movies and TV shows. I think he was actually in, wasn't he in Rebel Without a Cause? Was he one of the guys that was uh, picking on, um, he was in Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. I remember that. Peggy Sue got married with uh, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. Don Murray was in a lot of stuff. He wasn't in, I don't think he was in 300 fucking, well, he's in 92. So he doesn't beat, uh, what's his name? John Derner. But was he in Rebel Without a Cause? I think he was in something like that. <laughs> he was in some movie like that. Let's go back here. Don Murray was in... Let's get him into the movie. Okay, Bus Stop. That was a uh, big movie back in the day. Was that Rock Hudson? Marilyn Monroe, Don Murray, and Arthur O'Connell. A naive but stubborn cowboy falls in love with a saloon singer and tries to take her away against her will to get married and live on his ranch in Montana. You shouldn't um, try and take somebody against their will. I heard that's a bad thing. Oh, Marilyn was so pretty. Poor thing. Uh, let's see. Hatful of Rain. Okay, I watched that. I think I own that one. Uh, that one is an early movie about addiction. Uh, it's really good, too. Eva Marie Saint, Don Murray, and Anthony Franciosa, a Korean War veteran's morphine addiction wreaks havoc upon his family. That's like uh, one of the, like I said, one of the early movies about addiction, like The Man with the Golden Arm with Frank Sinatra and The Lost uh, Weekend, which was another good movie about like uh, alcoholism and, and things like that. Uh, this one also has a, a guy named Henry Silva in it, uh, Hat Full of Rain. I recommend this one big time. This is one that uh, I don't know if I've ever recommended it. It's a 1957 movie directed by Fred Zinnemann. What else did he do? Man for All Seasons. That's a pretty fucking good movie. Uh, From Here to Eternity. That's a pretty fucking good movie. High Noon. That's a pretty good fucking movie. Uh, let's see. He's made some uh, Academy Award winning fucking films here. How come I've never heard of Fred Zinnemann? 
for some reason that's a name that doesn't ring a bell but then i'm talking about these movies and they're all great julia that was a fucking like a an academy award-winning movie that went through some uh scandalous stuff because um uh that lillian hellman wrote it and then people came out after it after the movie was released and won all these awards of course it had um Jane Fonda and Vanessa Redgrave that uh, maybe that um, uh, Lillian Hellman plagiarized shit or stole somebody else's story. So I think I talked about that not that long ago on one of the shows that I've done in the past two years. Day of the Jackal, he directed that, Man of Fall Seasons. Behold a Pale Horse, I saw that. Who was in that? Oh, that's Anthony Quinn. Uh, Gregory Peck, uh, Omar Sharif, a famous Spanish bandit. R.T. Artiguez uh, returns to his native Spanish village after 20 years in French exile, but Spanish cop Vinolas sets a trap for him. Maybe I haven't seen that one. That looks pretty good. Uh, I thought that one had something to do with the Spanish Civil War uh, before World War II. Maybe it does, and I'm just misremembering or something, but it doesn't say, and this doesn't look familiar either. Okay, I need to watch that then. Hold a pale horse. Uh, let's see. The Sundowners. That's Robert Mitchum, I believe. It's an Australian movie, Aussie movie. In Australia's outback during the early 20th century, the impoverished Carmody uh, family lives a nomadic lifestyle out of their wagon, but the mom and son want to settle while the dad is against it. Again, directed by Fred Zinnemann. Uh, starring Deborah Carr and Robert Mitchum and Peter Ustinov. I saw that one a long time ago, and I thought it was really good. Um, ba -ba -ba. Who else? Back's starting to get really stiff. Uh, Nun's Story, The Nun's Story. That is Audrey Hepburn, Peter Finch. I always liked him. Uh, and this is... After leaving a wealthy Belgian family to become a nun, Sister Luke struggles with her devotion to her vows during a crisis, during crisis, disappointment, and vervoir too. Peter Finch, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Dean Yager, I don't know if I've seen this one. I'm going to have to, this will be one that I'm not sure if I would like it or not. It's not really like, you know, I'm not sure if it's my kind of movie, but if it's like Black Narcissist or something, I like that. Let me watch the trailer and see what's up here. I need a drink, too. This might be a break. Audrey Hepburn. And this doesn't appear to be a non-sploitation. What's she going to do? Leave the covenant? She's being released from all her vows. And she, she is no longer a nun. Huh. Maybe this will be good. I don't know. I always wanted to say with some of these, because uh, Terry for us is uh, the, uh, he's watched so many movies and everything. I'm, I'm like a shout out to him. Hey, have you watched this? Is this any good? <laughs> Should I watch this? Is this worth a shit? Uh, 
let's see. I'll add it to my list. I need to get this list and uh, and watch it. Watch some old man in the sea. I saw that one. That is uh, Spencer Tracy, and I thought that was pretty good based on Ernest Hemingway. Um, who else is in that? Again, some of these are ones that I've. I've it's been so long ago. Uh, let's see, Hemingway, Old Man in the Sea, The Decision. I don't. That's a TV series. Hatful of Rain. I just talked about that one with Don Murray. High Noon. That's um, what's his face. <laughs> From Here to Eternity. Burt Lancaster, Oklahoma. He directed that. This motherfucker has directed more goddamn great movies. A member of the wedding. Okay, now this is one that I have not heard of that he did. Ethel Waters, Julie Harris, and Brandon DeWild. I remember Brandon DeWild. Um, her older brother's wedding forces preteen tomboy Frankie to face her own immaturity. Well, she better face that. Brandon DeWild was in HUD with Paul Newman. I remember him, and he was in some other stuff. I think I think he died fairly young. Was he the one that was in Shane? The little boy from Shane? HUD was a great movie. Uh, in Harm's Way. Okay, he played John Wayne's son in In Harm's Way. I remember that. HUD. Shane. Okay, he was a little boy in Shane. I think he died really young. Uh, 1970. No, maybe not super. Let's see. When did he die? HUD. Patricia Neal when that was very pretty. He was only 30. He was killed in an accident as the camper van he was driving struck a parked truck. Only 30 years old, and he was in a lot of good stuff. Okay, let's get out of Brandon DeWild. Now I want to watch HUD. Paul Newman was a shithead in that. But he was good. He was a cad. <laughs> For some reason, I'm thinking on this show that I have... I have said that uh, the 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 uh, people don't use the term "cad" that much lately, and they should. Uh, let's see what else is this. I might be about done here because um, I'm starting to get tired, and I'm losing like just track of anything I'm even talking about. Or <sighs> the men that was Marlon Brando. It was a very good movie. I highly recommend it. Uh, one of Marlon Brando, if not his first movie. And uh, it is kind of a precursor to the movie Coming Home with John Voight and Jane Fonda and Bruce Dern, if you ask me. A little bit. Act of Violence. That was a Charles Bronson movie, uh, made-for-TV movie about Jacques Jablonski. But this one has Van Heflin and Robert Ryan uh, and Janet Lee. An embittered, vengeful POW stalks his former commanding officer who betrayed his men playing... Uh, man's planned escape uh, uh, attempt from a Nazi concentration or Nazi prison or war camp. Let's watch this one. This is, should be good. I like those guys. And that sounds like a pretty good uh, story. So anything that this uh, Zinnemann guy did, I should, I think I might need to go and watch. Because, you know, he did a lot of stuff, and I'm, I'm going to go down through here forever. And, and like I said, I'm starting to get kind of fatigued and uh, kind of want to shut it down for now so hopefully this will be worth listening to to some of you guys I, I think i got more into it than i thought i was going to uh and went down some paths that i didn't think about or even plan on going down but it's kind of cool to be able to do that because i'm learning about some of these some of these movies um 
along with you guys and it's stimulating here lately again i've been watching just so much stuff on youtube documentaries and and things like that uh motorcycle videos scooter videos comic book stuff there's a lot of um let me just go real quick here to some of the um some of the um, other stuff that I had been, not just silver and gold stuff, but um, to some of the um, comics and um, manga that I looked at. Uh, of course, Plastic Man. <laughs> I, I've always been intrigued with Plastic Man. I loved that TV show when it was on after, when I was in college, uh, on in the afternoons, the Plastic Man um, cartoon. And I love that character. And I love how uh, during the um, the Gods Among Us, uh, Injustice Gods Among Us storyline, how Plastic Man kind of fell into that, which it was just kind of cool. Um, I started reading Panya. The Mummy's Curse, and that is a, a new Dark Horse. Um, it's probably going to be a short uh, series um, by Mike Mignola. Uh, and uh, let's see, Mike Mignola, Chris uh, Roberson, uh, Christopher Mitten, and Michelle Madsen. This is from the Hellboy universe, and I, I love the Hellboy universe and uh, everything about that. Everything that Mignola does, I love. So I just started reading that when I read the first issue. It was pretty good. And she is a big part in the BPRD, Hell on Earth, and the BPRD story. She was also in, she appeared in the last Hellboy movie uh, with David Arbor. Um, didn't have a huge part in it, but, she, but the character was in it, and it was done well. Uh, let's see here. This is the story uh, of uh, Panya. Is, it's based on the character by Mike Mignola, uh, but the story is done by Chris Roberson, the art by Christopher Mitten, colors by Michelle Madsen, cover by Christopher Mitten, and letters by Clem Robbins. I uh, watched uh, Dan Housen from, uh, well, I was going to say wrestling fame, but he's also from YouTube fame. I actually like watching his YouTube stuff, and his just character is so entertaining, it takes me back to like some of the... Uh, like horror movie um, uh, hosts from the good old days. Uh, but Dan Housen, I haven't heard from him lately. He got hurt for a while, so he wasn't wrestling. He broke his leg. And then I haven't really seen him that much on uh, AEW. I watch most of that stuff on YouTube and on Facebook. And um, Ring of Honor, I catch some of that stuff on YouTube and on Facebook. But I haven't seen Dan Housen lately. I decided to go and and look uh, up his page to see what he's doing. And I think the reason was I heard that he might have gotten in trouble selling um, s some of his merchandise that wasn't AEW uh, merch. He was selling his own stuff and uh, that he might have gotten in trouble for that. But he had a thing on there where he does some uh, uh, unboxing of stuff that he's ordered. And uh, he got a uh, new Iron Man character. It's kind of fun watching him because he does it in character and everything. So I, I recommend, you know, if you're into comics and the figures and uh, statues and things like that. And then people just send him stuff because of who he is. And they, they like his, his character that he portrays on YouTube. And they'll just send him stuff to open up uh, candy and everything else. I mean, just anything. Uh, and it's, it's entertaining. Uh, there are going to be a lot of uh, Black Friday sales. 
uh, on a lot of these like things from another world and other comics. Um, I'm sure like uh, Dark Horse and Marvel and Comixology and uh, and a lot of these different places will have uh, Black Friday sales online. So you you'll probably be able to get some good stuff uh, cheap. Um, Again, I was uh, going back and rereading some of my old BPRD um, stuff, uh, going back to the uh, Hell on Earth saga uh, and um, everything that went on there. It was so good, so epic. I want to go back and I would like to, to get the omnibus of uh, a lot of those stories um, and maybe the you know hardback versions of some of them uh compilations of those stories because i love that one so much i mean i was gonna say even more than hellboy probably more than hellboy i mean he was involved uh at a point but uh just all the characters that mignola created that are in the bprd uh i just fell in love with i still love all those characters and uh and going back and rereading that stuff is just great i found some um there is on youtube um graphic audio um if you put that in there there are um like comics on there that are done in an audiobook format uh and they're done with uh, professional voice actors and they have you know they're not just reading the comic they actually have a script because of course if you can read the comic you can see what's going on but they actually have like narration and everything else that tells you what's going on while you know also reading what the characters are saying um the one way that i or the reason that i found that was i was looking up some stuff on a dark horse comic called harrow county uh, and it is a horror comic uh, done by Cullen Bunn, or is it Cullen Bunn and Tyler Crook? Uh, and um, um, a really good horror comic. Uh, I know I've read some people say online that whether it's um, manga or comics that you really can't do good horror or uh, something like that. I don't know why you couldn't because, I mean, there are books that are really good horror novels and books so but i think what it is is you do, you 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 i think what they were saying more than anything it's not that you can't have the good story because of course dracula frankenstein and and the mummy and you know all these are, are legendary you know books that were turned into movies or whatever uh dr jekyll mr hyde but um i think what they were talking about more than anything was the actual dread like I said, like when when I uh, was playing that one video game, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Fuck death. What the fuck was it? But uh, but how they with the music that they play and they set an atmosphere that just makes you uneasy and makes you on edge. And I couldn't believe that they could do that on a video game. But it's the same thing they do in movies when they play that you know with with uh, silences and with also you know. Uh, uh, music that creates a, an atmosphere of dread and doom or you know a scary atmosphere um that you that they can't do that with a comic or a manga or a book uh but i think i from what i've read of this harrow county i thought it was really good um i'm not sure if they tie in in any way to any of the hellboy universe but they some of them that go out there i mean th that um 
uh, Mignola and Dark Horse have put out uh, along that kind of horror theme will have like a little connection here and there sometimes uh but i'm not sure if that one does or not they they do have some really creepy weird shit in them uh let's see dusty uh let's see what's he got here uh oddball magazine you want to check out dusty mcgowan uh who uh, has published some of his uh uh, cartoons in there, I guess. I've seen a lot of his stuff he posts on because uh, he's one of my friends on Facebook and, you know, we hung out at uh, Horror Hound uh, and he posts some of his um, uh, comics on uh, on his page and online and everything. Uh, but he actually, I guess, uh, he was saying that he wanted to be, uh, he always wanted to be a published cartoonist and uh, he said, I realized that goal to a certain degree today. Check out my cartoon in Oddball Magazine. Okay, so you can go to oddballmagazine.com and uh, look for, I mean, I guess he's got his stuff down on there. Uh, Dusty McGowan is a writer and psychotherapist practicing in Santa Fe. Okay, Dusty, I gave you a plug, bro. <laughs> I was looking at some stuff about uh, Marvel Magazine Group, Bizarre Adventures, uh, where they just had a whole bunch of artists. Um, it was one of those black and white magazines that Marvel put out at a time. Let me check my time here real quick. I've got about 10 minutes. Um, and what they did was um, they told all these artists, each one of them was going to have like a page. And just to put something down and the... Um, the uh, theme of the entire thing is just is violence. The theme of the entire magazine is violence. That's all you need to know, and you can do anything you want. I, I think maybe each one, I don't know if each one had a panel or if each one had a page, but you had a lot of you know uh, various uh, really famous artists that uh, put some stuff in there, writers and stuff that put some stuff in there. And this was called, this was, uh, I don't know what year it was, uh, but it was Marvel Magazine Group, uh, Bizarre Adventures, A Hard Look at Violence. And uh, the girl in front of it that has like a trench coat and has all these guns and hand grenades and bowie knives and brass knuckles and everything underneath of it, it kind of looks like Michelle Pfeiffer. Very, uh, she looks pretty hot. Uh, let's see. I read uh, "What If," uh, "What If Dark." I guess Marvel is putting out a uh, "What If Dark" um, uh, series, and uh, it's "What If the Tomb of uh, Dracula." "What If Dark: The Tomb of Dracula." I read this. This was number one. It was uh, it says it's probably the um, based on the characters by Marv Wolfman. David Cutler, Scott Hanna, and Antonio Fabella. And it's got a picture of Dracula and a Blade on the cover. And I'll be honest with you, I was very underwhelmed by this. Um, uh, I don't know. You can check it out if you want to, but I didn't think it was very good, and I'm not going to go back to it. Unless, of course, you know, they have a... If they have like a, you know, of course, what if was only like one one issue offs of each story. So they may have other what if dark uh, stories that come out that are good with um, writers and uh, artists that I'm more that stick with me better. Uh, this one didn't at all. I thought uh, I put down that I thought it was pretty weak sauce. And I, I, I do. I don't I don't plan on going back to. Well, like I said, going back to that, that's like probably like a one-off. So maybe I'll just keep an eye out and see uh, what the other stories are going to be. 
I did like the what if uh, animated stuff that they had on um, on uh, I can't even remember who fucking puts out uh, Marvel that took it over and does everything. Is that Disney? I think it may be Disney. Or are they the ones that did Star Wars? Anyway, um, pretty uh, uh, William uh, posted a pretty interesting read on Rod Serling and the Twilight Zone. Uh, there's a free preview over at Amazon, The Twilight Man. Um, Rod Serling and the Birth of Television. Uh, so that's something you might want to check out. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Uh, our cancer year is something that I'm uh, reading right now, and this is a graphic novel by Harvey Picar and his wife, Joyce uh, Brabner, art by Frank Stack. Uh, so I'm reading that at this moment. It's pretty good so far. Um, ah, I, I, was, I, I haven't gotten that deep into it. Um, usually, you know, uh, with Picar... Um, I like his stuff. This one, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say I'm underwhelmed by it. Uh, maybe it's uh, because, like I said, part of it's written by him and part of it's written by his wife, uh, who is, you know, a, a good writer herself. But, you know, when I got this, I was expecting just Picar. So anyway, I'm going to stick with it and, and, and finish it up. Um, how much time we got left? Uh, I've read um, the um, Mike Mignola, Ben Stenbeck, and Dave Stewart Frankenstein Underground. I went back and reread that. It's a five-issue series, uh, Frankenstein Underground, and this does connect with um, some of the uh, Mignola Hellboy universe, and the art and everything is Mignola I like that. Um, let's see, Baltimore, the Cult of the Red King. That's another Dark Horse. Uh, that Also, Frankenstein Underground was Dark Horse. Uh, Baltimore, the Cult of the Red King is another um, Dark Horse Magnolaverse uh, book that I read, and that one also is connected to the Hellboy BPRD stuff. The Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion by uh, Gerard Way, Gabriel Ba, uh, Nate Picos, and Nick Filardi. Uh, I have not seen the new any of the new um, stuff with Umbrella Academy on TV. I loved the series when I watched it, so I'm not even sure what channel it's on or if I get that channel now. So I read, um, let's see, Kosh. Uh, I was trying to think of how to pronounce this while I was reading it the entire time. Koshe in Hell. Um, which is a character that comes from the Hellboy universe. Koshay, K-O-S-H-C-H-E-I in hell. Koshke, maybe it's Koshke in hell. But he's a character that Hellboy actually fought at one time. Uh, he is unable to be killed. He's cursed and uh, unable to be killed, but he gets... Uh, he fights Hellboy, and he ends up in hell. What's this? This is, oh, the Craven the Hunter uh, trailer. I thought that looked pretty good, and some people scoff at it and think it looks like shit. But I think it looks like it's going to be pretty good. I, I'm not sure if this is going to be Craven or if this is going to be his son or or what. Or uh, the new Craven isn't uh, going to be the villain that... Uh, 
character was in the original Spider-Man. I know he did have a son in the Spider-Man comics during the uh, Clone Saga, uh, which was a pretty cool character. Uh, let's see, the Avengers, uh, number six, McKay, Fiorelli, and Blee. I did not like this one very much at all. And to be honest with you, I don't even remember shit about it. I read it and didn't think it was very good. Operation Sunshine, that is a Dark Horse comic uh, by Henry Zabrowski, Marcus Parks, and David Rubin. KG Diaz and Farron Delgado. And this one kind of almost reminded me a bit of like uh, Tokyo Ghoul where you have, it's a kind of a vampire story and everything, but you have different kinds of vampires, different levels of them. It was pretty entertaining. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it or not. If I can get them for free, yeah, I'll probably keep reading them. I'd like this one uh, from Dark Horse. It was a six-issue miniseries called Murder, Inc. Uh, the character is Jagger Rose or Yager Rose. I, it might be Jagger Rose because it's, a, it's a, a female character who is like a... Um, a really good uh, uh, top-level hitman, uh, and it's kind of has a it's all like a mafia noir kind of a story, and it's by uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who I did not know was working for Dark Horse, and I actually enjoyed this. I thought it was really good. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. So I recommend that one, Murder Inc. from Dark Horse, from the Eisner-winning creators of Powers, uh, Murder Inc. Uh, Jagger Rose six parts uh magneto i read uh an issue of the new marvel magneto by demetheus uh no nauk and rosenberg i thought it was pretty good uh magneto's daughter shows up and she is not happy and she has like a lot of magneto's powers and stuff uh beta testing the ongoing apocalypse by tom kaczynski Introduction by Christopher Brown. Uh, be honest with you, this is one that I I couldn't get into that much, and I didn't finish it. It was uh, I think this is a uh, like an omnibus of the whole thing, or a a graphic novel of this whole book or novel. Uh, it came across kind of like a Philip K. Dick kind of a story, uh, or oh, what the fuck's the other guy's name? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but very. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, very um, I don't know it's out there and um, I just couldn't get into it that much maybe I'll go back and finish it and finish reading it it's another one that uh, it was a daunting task I thought it was just going to be like a uh, maybe like 30 pages maybe 50 pages or something but it just kept going on and on and on and I felt like I was actually sitting there reading it like a, a huge novel and, and uh, again I, I just couldn't get into it that much Okay, I think I'm going to shut it down for now. We're just about at two hours, and I've been trying to keep it at that. Uh, Dark Horse Headless Horseman. That looks pretty good. I didn't read it, though, yet, so that's something new that's coming out. Uh, let's see what else. Snow White Zombie Apocalypse. That was a short one. Uh, I think it might have been like a one-off, and I thought it was pretty good. I like the art in it and the story. Let Me Out. Uh, I don't know if that was Dark Horse or not. I don't think it was. By Emmett. Nahil and George Williams. Uh, Sudden Death. Uh, that was from Scout Comics. Sudden Death number one. Um, 
I read that. I uh, can't. I thought it was okay. I mean, it's it's worth a look. Uh, but again, that's just one issue. So I'm going to shut it down, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, uh, there were some manga and uh, anime that I watched that I'm going to get back to, but maybe I'll talk about it later. Talk to you later. Bye.